0: We're just having a couple of weeks looking at walking in love, and last week we looked at this scripture, so I'm just going to start off by reading the scripture to you, Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now last week we were looking at this scripture, looking at what Jesus said. And here he is providing us with information about how we need to live our lives, that we can walk in love week by week, day by day. Now, in truth, I guess many of you, I suppose my thought was, actually, a lot of you here will already be very familiar with those verses and familiar with the fact of this is what we need to do. But I certainly, when I was reading it through, or when I was learning some of the things that I talked to you about last week, I felt, well, it's interesting to learn that actually loving God... And loving our neighbor are not supposed to be sort of like one above the other. But these are on an equal footing. They're on the same level. And it's what we should be doing. I mean it's for us we mean God is above all. So surely God deserves all the glory. And he does deserve all the glory, all the honor and all the worship. But we need to remember that we have been created in his image and in his likeness and therefore he wants us to be filled not only with him but he wants us to exhibit the same love for him as we have, the same love that we have for him to other people as well he wants to see who he is being manifest in those all around us and if we were sort of like really desperately working that through then it's interesting that jesus says listen all of the law all of the law, not just some of it, all of the law and everything that the prophets are bringing hang on these two commandments. In other words, a whole of the scriptures really are designed to say these things are important. So they are important. But let's just remind ourselves of who. God is. And again, I'm sure I'm reminding you of things you already know. We know that he is the uncreated one. We know that he is the beginning and the end. The alpha and the omega. We know that he is creator of heaven and earth. Yes, all of that is true. But what John the Apostle tells us. He tells us this. 1 John 4 verse 8. He says, God is love. God is love. Love is the foundation of ...of his character. It's who he is. And therefore, as I say, creatures made in his image and in his likeness... ...is what we ourselves should be showing. He expects us to live out love from our lives. But here's the thing. There's one thing to know about these things. And the truth is, I think most of us here already know these things but it's whether we're doing these things. That's the challenge that we really face. It's not the knowing, it's the doing that we're wrestling with. So this week I'm going to pose a couple of questions, and and in answering them I want to try and gain some insight for us practically, so that we can practically understand more about how we are to live in the way that God asks us to live. So that we should love God and that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. So my first question is this. Well, how do we love ourselves? How do we love ourselves? If we are told to love our neighbor as ourselves, then it seems only sensible for us to ask the question, well, actually, how do we love ourselves? What does that look like? And it's interesting because in my view, actually, we don't really think about that. What do you mean, how do I love myself? I love myself, it just happens automatically. It's happening. We're, sort of, we're taking care of that all the time. And we're making sure that we are looked after all the time. But we don't really stop and really think about it. We just make sure it happens. So it's a little bit automatic. So we're going to stop and consider. And these are a few things that perhaps I've noticed. I've noticed this. We make sure that we, that's ourselves, we make sure that we are well looked after. All of us make sure that we, that you, are well looked after. There's a piece of, let's say, birthday cake, or if William was here, it would be some cake that he has manufactured in some way. There's a cake there, and it's being cut into slices, and you're on hand, and the person who's cutting the slices is putting them on a plate, and you're taking the plates, and you're giving them out to all the people who are collecting who are around there. Just like a birthday party or something like that. I'm sure we've been in these situations. So as you're handing the cake out, or in fact, as the cake is being put on the plates for you to hand out, You just notice that actually some are cut slightly larger than the others. Some are small. Some are slightly bigger. So you're in charge of handing things out. So you just happen to make sure that when it comes to the plate that's left for you, it just happened to be a large chunk. Yeah? Have you ever loved yourself in that way? You don't necessarily need to answer. I can hear by a few murmurs that perhaps... I have done that. I confess I have done that. Maybe others have done that too. You've had a hard day at the office. It's been stressful. It's been busy. You've had to meet some targets. And at the end of the day, finally, because it's been like from one thing after another, meetings and this and that and that, and finally you get home And there is the packet of biscuits or there's the cup of tea or there's the chocolate bar or maybe even a glass of beer or wine. It's there available for you and you deserve it because of the day that you have had. So you sit down and you just have a drink or you just have something to eat because you deserve it. Have you ever loved yourself like that? Look, we all like to make sure that we are looked after. That's what I've noticed. I've also noticed that we tend to be very kind to ourselves. I have noticed this in myself. Perhaps you've noticed it too in your own selves. You are there and you're being asked to help somebody else out. And so you're doing something for somebody else. And in the actual fact of you doing this for somebody else, you're sort of inwardly, you say... What a jolly good fellow I am in helping them out in this way. But you don't actually say that. that this, is all, this is all happening behind the screen, as it were. But there you are. You're giving your effort. And it might be that you're helping your next door neighbor. You're, you're fixing their fence. Or you're assisting them to do this. Or you're helping somebody at work. Or you're carrying their bags for them at the bus stop. Or you're doing something and you're helping. And, but inside, you're just, uh, do you know what? You think, that's another 50 bonus points you've just earned there. Not that we're counting points, but yes, well done. What a jolly good person you are. And there's something about us that we actually want to make sure, even when we're being kind to others, we're still being kind to ourselves. And we're making sure that we acknowledge, because if nobody else is going to acknowledge what a great job that you've done, you yourself will acknowledge to yourself what a great job you have done. I want to ask you the question, have you ever loved yourself in that way? There's a story that Jesus told to his apostles when they asked him the question, increase our faith. So they're saying to Jesus, increase our faith. And Jesus says this, it's in Luke 17. So increase our faith, Jesus. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, Come along now and sit down to eat. Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, We are unworthy servants, we have only done our duty. Now, it seems a very strange passage, and that seems a very strange answer to the question, increase our faith. But I'm using it in this circumstance, because I think it speaks to us. Because Jesus is basically saying, listen, you've got a job to do, which is to go and love other people as you love yourselves. Stop bleating about it. Stop trying to give yourself bonus points. Stop trying to credit everything to yourself. Just do the things That you have been asked to do. That's what I take from what Jesus was saying. And I think there is a need for us. And I look at myself in this. Look, cut out the self-congratulations. Let's get on with the task of loving other people as ourselves. Because that's what we've been asked to do. So look, here's a quick summary. When it comes to loving ourselves. Then I've noticed that we're incredibly good at this. And that's probably because we're a bit self-biased. But we certainly make sure that we're looked after. How do we love ourselves? The answer is lavishly, wholeheartedly, passionately. We don't hold back. When it comes to us, we don't second guess. We know exactly what we need. And we make sure that the job that we get for ourselves or that we're being looked after is completed. That's what we make sure. I can see that we go to great lengths to make sure that we... ...are well looked after. We are kind, we are patient and generous to ourselves. We love ourselves dearly. That's what we do. So when Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself... ...I think he is asking us to bear in mind just how nice we are to ourselves. And to start treating others in the same manner... Have you ever heard of the golden rule or what they call the golden rule? Perhaps I should mention it. The golden rule is mentioned in Matthew 7. This is part of Jesus' sermon on the mount. Matthew 7 verse 12 where he says, So in everything, do to others... What you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Well, that's interesting. As another summary of all the law and what the prophets are seeking to bring is given in the golden rule. And the golden rule is basically saying that you should love other people as you love yourself. How do we do that? Well, we do to other people the things that we would like them to do to us. That's what we're supposed to do practically we need to remind ourselves of that rule because it really helps us as a guide for when we're seeking to love others. So, how do we love ourselves? We've been looking at that. Let's ask the next question, how do we love God? Firstly, I've put this, we need to get to know Him. Paul gives a bit of advice to the Ephesian Christians when he says in Ephesians 5 verse 10, find out... What pleases the Lord? Find out what pleases the Lord. If we're going to love someone, then it helps us to know what they like. The writer to the Hebrews reminds us of the, of the importance of our trust, our faith. and What, that, what is that supposed to do? It, Hebrews 11 verse 6, And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He is the rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. Look, really what I'm trying to say is that it's difficult for us to love somebody that we don't know. We must get to know God so that actually we can learn to love Him. If we don't know Him, then it's going to be difficult for us to love Him. You can like Him. You can be drawn towards Him. But it takes a certain level of knowing to actually deepen your relationship, to deepen your love for Him. And that's true of any relationship. You can know somebody in the office... But the more time you spend with them, the more you learn about their lives and the things that they're dealing with, the things that they're going through. So actually, you learn actually much more about them. You can become much more intimately involved in the knowledge of their lives. Deep intimacy is built, or is start to be built, through understanding. And the deeper and more real our understanding, then the deeper the intimacy can go. It's interesting because the King James Version uses this phrase to know actually in terms of somebody having sexual intercourse. There is a sense in which there is a deep knowing, a deep intimacy through knowing. We can't love what we don't know. We need to know God so that that can help us to love Him. In Proverbs we're given an insight into the knowledge of God and how it is linked with us accepting His word And asking for understanding. Proverbs 2 verses 1 to 5 read like this. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding... And if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. If you accept my words and store up my commands within you. There is a sense in which us reading through scripture, it enables us to understand more of what God is like. John, in his first letter, makes one of his usual fairly direct statements, which I guess challenges us all on how well we know God. He says in 1 John 4 verse 8. Whoever does not love. Does not know God. Because God is love. Whoever does not love. Does not know God. Because God is love. And if we're sitting here thinking like. Yes okay. This command. Well. I know I've got to love people. Okay well. That's okay. I think in, in the people I know. I can love. Yeah I can. I can love that person, I can love that person. Yeah, okay, I can love that person. But, oh, I don't know about that person. That one's quite, that's too difficult. If we're coming and thinking like that, then we need to listen to what this scripture says. Whoever does not love, does not know God. Because God is love. I didn't come here, or I suppose I should have given a warning. This is not easy for us. And that's why we need to talk about it. Because it's not as though, look, these people can understand on this side. They've they've already got it right. But actually over here, you've got a lot more work to do. This is like for all of us. We all struggle with this. We've all got situations where we can think of like, well, those people are fine in my life. But it's those. They're the ones that I have difficulty with. And I don't see how I'm ever going to be able to get over that. But you see, we'll come back to what God has said. God has said to us, listen, it's not what you think, it's what I'm asking of you to do. This is what I'm asking of you to do. And in truth, if you're running out of resources, there's only one place you need to come to. You need to come to me, so that you can find the strength that you need to be able to do the things that I am asking you to do. How do we love God? We love Him, firstly, by getting to know Him. But secondly... By obeying what he says to us. We need to obey him. And again John records what Jesus says in his gospel. John 14 verse 5. Where he says if you love me. This is Jesus speaking. If you love me you will keep my commands. And then John goes on in his first letter to say this. 1 John 2 verses 3 to 6. We know that we have come to know him. That is God If we keep his commands. We know we have come to know him. If we keep his commands. Whoever says I know him. But does not do what he commands. Is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word. Love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in Him. Whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. As far as loving God, it's a matter of knowing Him and obeying what He has asked us to do. So if we are to walk in love, then we need to get to know God better. That's the first thing. We need to obey what He asks of us. And that is that we should love our neighbours as indeed we love ourselves. That is what walking in love is all about. But here is something that I, I just need to mention, an important thing. Love is driven by action, not with feelings. Well, it is driven by feelings, but it needs to be driven by action, not just feelings. So if we're to get a positive outcome in our loving, then this is what it needs to look like. We need to think, we need to act, and then we need to feel. And that is different from thinking, feeling, and then acting. We need to think, we need to then act, and then the feelings will come. Let's just give an example. You're finding life is just too busy. Oh, this is too much of a practical example. We're all finding life a bit too busy. But you're finding your mornings particularly stressful, so you make a decision. I need more time. The only way I can do this is I'm going to set the alarm clock half an hour earlier. If I had just had half an hour extra in the morning and I got out of bed, that half hour would mean so much to me. So you think, right, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So you think... And you act by actually setting your alarm clock half an hour earlier. So you decided 6.30, that's the time I'm going to get up in the mornings, rather than 7 o'clock. So there it is, it's 6.30 in the morning, and the alarm goes off. But at 6.30 in the morning, with the alarm going off, you just do not feel good. In fact, at this moment in time, you're feeling like, no, that's ridiculous. Who on earth set the alarm clock at this ridiculous time? So you hit the snooze button. Ten minutes later, it goes off again. And you think like, no, I... Snooze button again. Ten minutes, and again, you hit it for the third time until seven o'clock comes, and you think, panic, I have to get up, because otherwise I'm going to be late. What happens is, you had a great idea... This is what I need in my life. I need to have that extra half hour because that's going to help my life get sorted out. I'm going to be able to get those extra things done. I'm not going to get so stressed. Life is going to seem a lot easier if I do that. You make a decision. But if you allow your feelings to come into that, ah, that can be very difficult. Because as soon as your feelings start to dictate to you, then actually, no, I don't feel like this. This is not what I want. But if you actually wanted to get up half an hour early, then not only do you have to say, yes, I'm making that decision, you have to act on that decision. In other words, when the alarm clock goes off half an hour earlier, okay, I'm out of bed. And if you continue to do that, you will find after a period of time, I've got my half an hour extra. I've accomplished what I wanted to do. And you will actually feel okay about it. The feelings will follow, but it may take some time. We need to think We need to act, and then the feelings will come. You put this in perspective. We've been asked that actually we love our neighbors as ourselves. So you're just thinking about that boss of yours at work that you're going to go and see tomorrow, and you fully well know that he is unhelpful, difficult, and generally disagreeable. So actually, he's quite a good character for us to love, yes? But if you listen to your feelings, okay, if you listen to your feelings, your feelings are going to tell you, there is no way that I can love him. Why? Because he's difficult, because he's annoying, because he's generally disagreeable. I'm obviously trying to use nice language to express somebody who's really a pain in the neck. Look, loving somebody doesn't mean that we need to deny the reality. Do you hear me? It doesn't mean to say that we can't deny reality that suddenly horrible people are really just lovely people. No, they can be acting in a horrible way. They can be nasty. They can actually be very difficult to deal with. That can be the truth. But what we have been asked to do is to love them as we love ourselves. We need to think what we're supposed to do. We need to act because in time the feelings will come. But they certainly aren't going to be there on day one. Especially with somebody who we know is very difficult. While we were still sinners, the Bible says. While we were still in rebellion against God. While we were still in darkness and opposed to Him. While we still didn't believe in Him or didn't want anything to do with Him. It says that Christ died for our sins. He's our example. Fortunately, he didn't rely on his feelings. Oh, the cross looks too difficult. That's too painful. These people are too nasty to me. They despise me. They turn me away. They go off and sin again. They actually high-handed in their deliberate uh, hatred of me. He didn't consider his feelings. He acted because he wanted to bring salvation to us. And we need to remember that. Love Love is driven by action. It's not just driven by our feelings because our feelings can lead us astray. Okay, I'm just going to wrap up finally with something that's very familiar to you, but let me read it through again. Let's remember what love is. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 and 8. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. When we're talking about walking in love, and it's so simple, oh yes, we all know that, yes, we've heard that, we understand, that's exactly what we've got to live out, yes, I'll try and be nice... It's not try and be if we are to follow what Jesus has asked us. The things that actually a whole of the law and all the prophets point to is this, is that we love God and we love our neighbor and we put those things on the same level. Not that we're just allowing our love for God, that's the highest thing. No, we're putting them on the same level. Both of these is what we've been asked to do. Both of these we need to work out in our lives. And we need to be honest before God and say, God, we need your help in this. We desperately need your help. Being patient means you're not being impatient. It means you're prepared to give time and space. Being kind means you're not being unkind and hurtful, not loose with words or harsh terms or criticisms, but that actually you show loving kindness to people. Being Does not envy means you're not being, en, not being envious. It means you're not feeling resentful against somebody because of that person's success or advantages but you're loving them instead. Love that does not boast means you're making sure your agenda, your interests are not put first, but that actually you're preferring others. Love that is not proud, it means that you're not thinking, oh, more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but actually your love has a new humility about it because you're caring for other people and where they are at. Love does not dishonor, it doesn't strip people down metaphorically or with words or with thoughts. But rather it is building other people up. It's not self-seeking, it's not looking at yourself and trying to accredit points to yourself as we mentioned earlier. It's focusing on others' well-being. It's not easily angered because love has a patience about it and it keeps no record of wrongs because it's not bringing up past failures as evidence of what has already happened. It's decided to completely forgive about them and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it does rejoice with the truth. And don't forget that love always protects, always trusts, always hopes Always perseveres and love never fails we have been called to walk in love and that's exactly with God's help what we need to do father we come before you to humble ourselves Lord because we know I know that I am self-seeking Lord I take meticulous care of my needs Above the needs of others around me. Holy Spirit, we can only ask that you lay on our hearts. Those people that you want us to adjust our ways with. Those people that we could love far better than we do right now. Holy Spirit, you're the only one who can really bring that conviction to our hearts. And that understanding of what we need to do. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, please work in each of our lives. We want to do the things that God has called us to do. And we want to do it wholeheartedly and we want to do it lovingly. So Holy Spirit, please help us, strengthen us, enable us, and lead us that we truly may be children of yours, Father, who live life in the way that you want us to live. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.